0: Hello, dear starshines. Welcome, welcome, welcome to another lunchtime chat. For those of you who are new to this chat, my name is Christina and I'm an acceleration expert. And we are here to talk about those topics and issues that are significant for us star seeds way showers, new paradigm visionaries. We have capacities, abilities that are not uh, embraced by our larger human family and therefore our perspectives from which we see the world around us and engage in our reality, uh, is very unique to us and it's not usually addressed. So I am here to do to the best of my ability, um, to provide a liberated perspective to these pieces that cause perhaps chaos, confusion, turmoil, disempowerment, uh, for us star seeds and way showers. And um, it is my intention that um, through this liberated perspective that you too get freed, liberated from that which is binding you, helping you feel stuck or limited or perhaps uneasy with the reality as it is. So welcome, welcome, welcome. I'll give everybody a minute to get on board. As you guys come on board, say hi, let me know you're here. We have some cool things to talk about today. I'm gonna talk about things like um, why there are so many conflicting slash confusing timelines right now, um, such as what's referred to as the Mandala effect, Uh, This is an idea that was brought forward several years ago. I believe it was made popular by a young boy. uh, I think he was 14 year old boy talking about how you can tell you're in a different universe um, timeline. And he was using um, pop culture as a reference And uh, so we're going to talk about that. then I'm also going to talk about uh, languages, light languages and um, the different things in our dream time um, that help us expand our ability to perceive things beyond the realm of right and wrong, of fact versus fiction, because that can really limit us as well. And then whatever else spontaneously comes up in this conversation. I always know I'm going to be talking about something. uh, pretty deep. When I wake up in the morning, and I have this feeling of, oh man, I don't want to, I don't want to do the chats today, because <laughs> believe it or not, I do have those feelings. And of course, once I'm, once we're here and we're doing it, it all just rolls, and it's a very uh, fluid, natural thing. But um, when I have this feeling, this usually means I'm going into controversial territory, and uh, some part of me just kind of you know, it feels a a little bit, uh, a little bit of dread with that. And of course, that's my thing to work out. And of course, even though I feel that way, I still show up and I'm sure you guys have a similar experience. You know, that you need to do something, maybe some part of you, your ego driver doesn't want to do it, but nonetheless, you are committed. So therefore you show up and it all works out beautifully. So, um, so that was the, the feeling today, but, um, I was exposed to some very interesting people that uh, didn't know they were confirming things uh, uh, for me when we were talking. But as we're talking, all these uh, confirmations started happening. And uh, let me know if you guys can relate. So say you're in meditation. Usually, we have some sort of level of meditation every day, right? There's some point in which we still ourselves and focus within and uh, different ideas and concepts start coming to you. Maybe you're asking questions or maybe you're just sitting and teachings are happening as you're sitting in silence. And some of the things that you're being shown are like, what, that's, that's the opposite of what everybody I know knows. (laughs) Right. Um, But what I find that when I get data like that, when I get teachings like that and I have some level of doubt, uh, my subconscious, the the universe, however you want to refer to this, starts putting people on my path that spontaneously start talking about these things in their own lens, in their own view, and in that are confirming these uh, these downloads, if you will, teachings that I feel um, that something inside of me was saying, what to? Let me know if you guys have a similar experience. I imagine this is so. Most of the people here are um, are activated beings uh, on their path to their uh, realizing their multi-dimensional reality. So I'd love to hear from you and do say hi. Let me know you're here. So <clears throat> recently, I was invited in to do a um, a podcast with the dear starshine, uh, Dr. Karen. And uh, via dear sister, Tasha, hello, Tasha, nice to see you. (laughs) Thank you so much for connecting us. I know you've been um, nudging me for a bit to do this. And I I finally said yes. So, um, and I'm glad I did. So, so thank you for that, for giving me those gentle nudges, darling. So uh, it was a really great uh, conversation because she's, uh, you know, she's a multidimensional, like we are, and she had lots of wonderful inquiries Hello dear Sister Carol, nice to see you. Thank you for saying hi. And one of them was, uh, we, went into, we went through into many different directions. And I'll let you guys know when that podcast airs, of course. Um, I was originally there to talk about dream time, but our conversation was very fascinating in all these other directions. We only talked a little bit about dream time and a lot about these other pieces that are very, very, um, that are prevalent for us, uh, pe- for us, those of us that are waking up to our multidimensional nature. And I found myself saying over and over again, reality is not what we think it is because it's not. Reality is not what we think it is. And it's so vast in its departure of what we think it is. It's a step by step journey to awaken to these outer nesting dolls of who we are so we can start to accept the larger truth of what actually is. And as uh, the uh, indigenous masters taught me that reality time included, 3D, 4D, all these different layers of our reality is as fluid and malleable as our dreams, as reality is in our dream time. It's really that easy. And uh and so that took us into many different uh avenues of conversation. And one of the ones that she talked about, hello dear sister Ella, good to see you, um, she she asked about the mandala effect what was my perception of the mandala effect and i i gave an answer and i can tell that it was like it was like conceptually it was like oh yeah i can see that but inside there there was something like how can that really be so i wanted to go further into that because um this is something really really important for us to recognize because there are a lot of beings waking up to different teachings that seem to conflict with other teachings and we are here to alchemize all this so as soon as we get into the camp of this is right and that is wrong right we are truncating the alchem- we're you know we're we're hindering and truncating the perce- our own perceptions and we are quite literally blocking the alchemical process from happening So that's why I want to talk about this. So she talked about, she asked about the mandala effect and that is um, particularly with pop culture uh, and some other historical events. What this is, this idea is that there are multiple timelines and as we shift into different timelines or into different um, alternate realities, universes, the historical events that we remember aren't as we remember them. So the question is, do I have false memories or is this an implanted reality? Stuff like this. And uh, the most popular example I um, can recall is this, um, many years ago, this, This he's not 14 anymore, but this young boy made a video saying, listen, we're, we're, um, he, he, was tying it into the hedron collider that the hedron collider is quite literally colliding um, different universes together. And, uh, we are now not in the same reality that we once were. And he's re- was referring to the movie, uh, who's, uh, uh snow white and seven dwarves with, um, queen Male- Maleficent. I always say her name wrong. And those of us that, um, you know so those of us that have seen the movie as children we we might recall her looking into the mirror on the wall saying mirror, mirror on the wall, show me who the fairest is of them all. And and then, uh, and what he was indicating, there's a lot of other people that remember it saying magic mirror on the wall, show me the fairest of them all. And uh, and many other people ran with this idea, looking at different pop culture movies, but also historical events and, and were comparing them. And there was a lot of conf- conflicts, like in some historical recount, um, Pearl Harbor had uh, two rounds of bombing and in other historical accounts, depending for especially those who remember the event were alive while it happened, that it was actually three waves that came. So there are uh, discrepancies within the memories, but also the historical records. And historical records, I mean, is like the actual like when we refer to movies and stuff like this because this stuff gets documented. And, uh, and there are, uh, there's a lot of conversation about this, what does this mean? And, and it kind of freaks people out. And, and it freaks people out because it challenges their idea about reality and time and also the universe at large, right? How How can this happen? And should we be panicking that we're going into other universes? right? So, um, and what I want to do is I want to set you, I want to set the whole thing straight to, so we understand that we are multidimensional beings. Many of us are in resonance with different universes, multiverses, timelines, and there's many, many, many different re, um, universes unfolding in this plane, this, this plane of the mother Pacha mama all at the same time right now. And, uh, and what's really significant for us to realize, uh, especially when it comes to spiritual teachings, especially when it comes to teachings about the foundation of reality, we need to um, open our perspective a little bit more. It's not about one is right, one is wrong, one is different than the one that I grew up with. Therefore, there must be something suspicious about it, stuff like this. It's, it's much more. Um, it's not that cut and dry. Now I say a lot on this channel to, to, in order to liberate yourself, we need to liberate our thoughts and our attitudes away from the idea of right, wrong, good, bad, negative, positive, black, white, because this can quite literally liberate our way that we perceive ourselves and the reality at large around us. And this is significant, not just for our minds, not just for our ideas of the truth, but it actually changes our chemistry. And our chemistry impacts our DNA dance, right? Which impacts how our emotions work, how our attitudes work, how our brain works. So everything is so intricately woven so when we get locked into one is right over the other, it quite literally um, limits the, the potential of the DNA dance within us. So it's more than just liberating your mind. It's it's liberating your very being from these different narratives and these ideas of one is right, one is wrong. Now, that's not to say that the feelings you have aren't real feelings when you get exposed to a teaching that conflicts with something that you've embraced and have been empowered by your entire life. Those are very real feelings. And this is actually the the piece that is ours to work on. And what I mean by that is whatever timeline, whatever teachings have a resonance within your being, that is yours to work with. That is your medicine to work with. And it's not about collecting evidence of this is right and here's all the reasons why and that is wrong and here's all the reasons why. That's what the mind wants to do. That's what the ego driver wants to do. But That's not the medicine. The real medicine is going through all the feelings, the thoughts, the attitudes, the beliefs that you have that attach you to these different ideas and and have them and in the, your omni, present self being present with those feelings, with those beliefs, stuff like this, it becomes alchemized and it has the potential to liberate you from that perspective of being attached to that perspective or attached to that timeline. Right. It also and I also can work the opposite way. It can actually bring in ascension timelines, if that's the word you want to use in ascension timelines, whatever resonates. So you can use this to free yourself from limiting timelines, but also to activate more expanded timelines. Time is fluid after all. This is what the teachings are time is not linear like our mind our ego driver perceives it or how our artificial ways of keeping time uh, uh reflects to us right so how things resonate within you bringing your more um, your infinite aspects and awareness of it inside of your body it actually changes the alchemy of this changes your perspective, therefore changes your brain chemistry, changes your body chemistry, activates another rung of your DNA dance. Okay. There's lots of examples that I can give for this. Very recently, actually, before I go into that story, let me say, let me read a couple of these comments here. Oh, so excited to see you too, darling. Mwah. I'm in Tulum, by the way, dear sister. <laughs> it has changed so, so, so much and I actually thought about you because um, there's an amazing expat community here that is so eclectic and I we've had many conversations um, in the past and there's certain things that connected with you um, in, in my mind thoughts when I was having some conversations with these folks. So if you get a chance, I encourage you to see if you can make another trip out to Tulum. Very very uh, interesting things going on here. Very interesting things, and I mean this on a on a um, on a collective field level, but also a tribe human connection level, expansion of conscious level. So, anyway, all right, let's go on to Luna Rio. Welcome, welcome. All right. So I was in a car crash and and have the sensation that I did die in that reality, but I wasn't meant to die. So my consciousness was carried over into this new reality. Yes. Okay. So, so this is a little bit, uh, uh, so she's on a, she's talking about the same thing. It's, it's a little bit, how do I? Yes. Yeah, so a version of us dies, right? I have, a ver- I had a version of me die in 2006. I died, but it wasn't time, my time to die. So I came back and, but I have the recollection of what it is to die. Okay. Which radically liberated me inside. Because now who I thought I was, I know I'm not, right? And I was more able to let go of certain resonance, the different timelines, ideas, and beliefs about reality so deeply, it, could, it changed everything about my life, right? This is, uh, this is a great example of how this can be on a personal, very personal experience. Because uh, reality is not what we think it is, right? It's not what we think it is. So uh, recently, in our in our group, there was a, a conversation that came about, and and it was it was a very interesting uh, piece because this is a conflict right now within a lot of the starseed communities because we get this idea that one reality is is truer than other realities, and this particular conversation was around heliocentr- the heliocentric model versus the um, flat earth model okay now people who see the earth as a globe a blue ball right a globe uh circling around the sun that's traveling through the cosmos right that is how it is right and then you have people that come in with this flat earth idea and there's a right there's a strong conflict like the both can't be true right so What I'm here to talk about with you guys around that, you know, with that story as an example, is that both. How can you have both of them? How can you let both of them be true? And both of them not be true. Okay, Yeah, probably your head is spinning just thinking about that. Oh, my gosh, that's a total cop out, Christina. It's got to be one or the other. All right. But here's the thing. Reality is not what we think it is. We are getting. Exposed to ideas and constructs within those nesting dolls of reality, right? That have a resonance within us. Now we're getting exposed to these different nesting dolls within our rea- that create our reality, not because one is right and one is wrong, but because there is a medicine in that outer nesting doll for us to work with and alchemize. And in the alchemizing of it. It makes you a freer person inside because it's not about this is the reality and this is this is the falsehood, though there are a lot of falsehoods. This is this whole construct you can look at in some way as a falsehood. Right. The very idea of who we are as souls in a body can be considered a falsehood. Right. Depending on what perspective in these nesting dolls are coming from. So that's not what this is really about. This is about liberation, liberating your DNA dance so you can truly embody be an expression of the infinite nature the infinite being that you are okay so when you get exposed to different teachings right that really have a strong resonance for you and you're like aha i knew it we've been lied to whole this whole time nasa's trying to keep us down or uh the the flat earth whatever keeping us down or you know whatever it is right now th- those feelings And thoughts and emotions and beliefs are very, very real. That's what's real about those ideas and concepts. That is what's real about those ideas. Okay. Your thoughts and your feelings about them. So it's not about being right or wrong. What it's about is when you alchemize that, how does it change how you be? How much more present are you now? How much more available are you now in the moment? How much more loving are you now in the moment? How much more capacity do you of your true nature do you bring now in your moment? That's what these teachings are really about, to get us in touch. Teachings, I'm going to say also timelines. As you go into the feelings of these realities and, and dive into what that's touching inside of you, and, are, and you're able to hold it with your infinite nature, like in a, in a altered state meditation, the alchemy happens, and now you're no longer hung up on, say, a false timeline, or now you're no, no longer hung up on a truncated understanding. You are now free-flowing because your DNA dance is now freer in the way it moves, and now that much more of your quantum is embodied in the here and now moment. Think about that. Okay, reality is not what we think it is. Start with that. (laughs) Reality is not what we think it is. I can also go this and talk about this in the context of the disclosure movement, right? So right now there's lots of um, ET disclosure stuff happening because of these um, congressional hearings that are going on. They're having uh, people from NASA, people from different um, uh, military, Factions, you know, the people from Antarctica, all these people are talking about and disclosing, if you will, the kind of ET interactions our government has had and the kinds of technology that comes with it. And then you have um, wonderful researchers and scientists that come forward. One of my favorite being Dan Winters. You guys have talked about him before. I love the way he brings things forward. And at the same time, he's bringing things forward from the version of the of the milky way where the orion wars took place okay now my frequency is different than that i i'm alchemizing all the trauma and pain and things that happened from the Orion Wars. And now there's a part of me that I have a very clear connection with that never experienced the fall of that that fall of consciousness, right? That the humans are in the ripple effect of. How can I, then how can I love his work? I love his work because of how he be. He is in bliss when he's talking about his work. He is about alchemizing and empowering. And in his work, he's activating people's DNA. That's what I love about his work. The facts, fact or fiction is a, is an ego driver concept, right? So we get lied to and false timelines get put in place. And that anchors in in what we perceive as a soul's journey, right? And now we, and, and in that frame up that puts us on a trajectory and that trajectory is into a false reality because the timeline we're on is false. Now, there's nesting dolls, right? So we have timeline realities that are very unique to specific cultures. So there are timeline realities within the Chinese culture that is very, very different than the um, Judaic Christian culture, which is very, very different to, say, ancient Maya and Incan culture, which is very, very different (laughs) from the Dogon culture, right? So these, these, you know, just to frame it up a little bit, all these guys, all these cultures have very unique timeline um, stories that are unique to them. And yet here we all are occupying the same plane, right? How you can uh, help discern, right, is what timeline perspective, what stories, what um, accounts actually liberate you inside of yourself, what accounts free you. Okay. And there's a little caveat to that because something will free you and you'll be like, yes, ah! <laughs> and you wake up, like us say Mayan calendar, right? And you wake up to something. And it frees you on so many levels, right? But that's gonna free you up to a particular kind of nesting doll. And then you're gonna alchemize, 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 and now you're gonna start, I don't wanna say solidifying, but you're gonna start getting like say grooves habits within your DNA dance, within your mind thoughts, within your synaptic patterning that don't take you any further. And you start maybe uh, discounting thoughts, ideas, teachings that conflict with that teaching that opened you up to this nesting doll. So now some part of you is no longer present. Some part of you is no longer able to fully be available to what these other thoughts and ideas trigger inside of you. Because inside, it's like, oh, well, that's wrong. That must be a limiting thing from over there. But what I'm saying is entertain it. If, it. if there's a thought idea that confronts you about something that you absolutely know is true, entertain that thought and idea. See how it feels. What happens inside of you when you sit with it, when you meditate with it, when you ponder it. Okay? Because if you allow your expanded nature of who you are touch these pieces, it'll instantly get put in perspective. And you'll be able to, if it's, a, if it's an idea, if it's a um, perception teaching that's from a more expanded nesting doll, it'll actually expand you past the teachings that you once embraced. This is also why I say something is so until it's not, because that's how it is. Because remember, reality is not what we think it is. It is as malleable. Even these mountains all around, they are as malleable as water. Okay. There are teachings that um, I've worked with from a young age that, I felt were the truth, but I wasn't actually able to apply it because I didn't have an expanded enough understanding. My DNA dance wasn't free enough inside. My ability to be present and available was limited. So therefore, you know, I was struggling in conflict inside so I'm, I'm speaking from experience when i when i say these things to you guys and and this is why a lot of the stuff that i talk about really ticks people off it's like you love what i'm talking about until it disagrees with the sacred truth that you hold inside and then it's like oh yeah screw that <laughs> you know um but you know try not to you know try to take a breath and and be with it for a minute I get confronted with things all the time. And this is why, of course, I do these chats because when I sit with something for a little bit, when I sit with something in stillness, the liberated perspective starts to starts to come into view. And now I'm liberated inside in some way. My DNA dance is able to shift and now more quantum is embodied within this biosuit. You see? And it's, everything is our teacher. Everything is our teacher. So not just people who I would consider more expanded than me are my teacher. I learn through everything and everybody. I learned through pain, just like you guys learn through pain. I learned from people who are, are um, really rigid in their belief systems, right? Just like I learned from people who are very free within themselves, right? So it's not like a, um, a person has to be of a certain place in order for me to to experience them in a way that takes me deeper inside of myself and liberates me okay um, i have lots and lots of examples of this right so let me know if what i'm saying is landing if this makes sense to you guys um, and and you know the big one and i and i had to really address this within our own community because this was um, a piece that you know people were having inversions to looking at certain things and one of the things that um, I talk about and teach within this academy is that the things that you have aversions to are really important for you to look at, are really important for you to sit with because you need to get in touch with the part of you that is in adversion, right? The part of you that wants to run away, shut it off, make it wrong, right? Or the part of you, that wants to uh you know say say this is this is this is not right for me therefore i'm going to disconnect from it right now i'm not saying to you know go into the depths of things that are bad for you like you know bad habits toxic people uh teachings that that give you a lot of pain i'm not saying that i'm just saying if you are in on a chosen path a path that you know you chose for a reason of liberating of doing inner work there's a lot of wisdom and freedom that is found within those things that bring pain slash slash rejection okay there's a lot of wisdom to be gained within those pieces you know, the previous chats I've been talking about how to have a relationship with your pain. So it changes and shifts into power, into personal power, personal inner strength, stability. Okay. If we have aversion to emotional pain, mental pain, spiritual pain, all this stuff, and we avoid it, then that's, that's that perspective holds our DNA dance in, in a limited movement. True freedom is not letting anything control your presence, right? Not have anything command your presence away from something. Okay. And we are all a work in progress. I'm not saying I'm perfect on this by any means. (laughs) We are all a work in progress and that's part of the beauty of this work and this is also, this this is also something to keep in mind because it teaches us humility it teaches us softness it teaches us that every single being regardless of where they are in the spectrum of their awakening has something valuable to offer in your life okay and again i don't mean you know surround yourself by toxic people no 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 i you know definitely practice proper self-care and and take care good care of your bio suit and your well-being but what i'm saying is that while you are committed and in that place of taking care of your well-being and and all that is in place these these experiences of aversions or the experience of pain you are now in the position to choose your relationship to these things okay you're no longer in a victim um a a, a uh, victim relationship or maybe you are in a victim relationship and that is yours to alchemize Okay. And actually I have a story for that. Um, so I'm, I'm here in Tulum. There's a lot of amazing, amazing healers here. I mean, from all sorts of spectrum. some of them lean more towards allopathic medicine side, or maybe, maybe more like alternative allopathic medicine side as in, um, regenerative medicine context. And then you have all the way to these extremes of just that are straight Germanic, um, <laughs> um, shamanic, you know, the, the more indigenous flavor of shamanic, and then there's a spectrum in between, right? Very eclectic here at the healers and, and a lot of really great ones. So, um, and I, and I'm here to work with some of the healers here. This is one of the several reasons why I, um, I want to be here on a long-term basis is to get to know and work with with the healers around here and and build community right so there was a um it's very interesting there's a gentleman that is a very gifted energy worker slash chiropractor uh that i started working with to to help with my shoulder and and it's funny synchronicity, synchronicity synchronicity totally brought us onto each other's path and uh, so it was kind of like a spontaneous meeting. I was there to meet someone else and instead I meet him. And, um, and But then I realized, hey, wait a minute, I know you. And he's just like, yeah, I know you. And it turns out we met many years ago, the very first time I came to Tulum. Um, we just didn't, uh, you know, our, our paths crossed a couple of times but we never really like had a conversation, well, a little bit of conversation with each other but not like on the level that we were about to and uh and so I started talking to him about the different pieces that he does and and I realized you know what I think I want to have a session with you I want to I want to work with this so he um you know is helping me with my shoulder and he there's this one point of pain that is pretty consistent and he was he pinged it right into liver and he started talking about anger and uh Oh, I'd have to back up a little bit. So he has a lot of traditional ideas about things, and he's definitely in a um, in the reality of the of the fallen consciousness. Orion Wars, um, Atlantis, you know, all these things. And I'm not saying, what you know, good, bad, right or wrong about that. It's just I could tell that construct was within him. Doesn't mean I'm going to ignore anything that he has to say, because the intention of us getting together, we were aligned in this intention. And so he starts talking about anger. And he uh, drains, so he drains my liver and, you know, he works a little bit with this and pops that and moves this. And we just start having conversation about, um, about, uh, beloveds and, uh, soulmates twin flames. We started getting this conversation. We're kind of like swapping stories, you know, and it was, it was very interesting. Cause we're like, Whoa, <laughs> stories were really similar. Anyway, the anger piece. So I started thinking about this. It's like, know i feel like i'm i'm not able to get really i'm angry but i'm i'm hard to you know i need to get in touch with this so he drains my liver and i go on my day and then the next day comes by and then the next day goes by and i get a phone call from a dear friend that um i met in tennessee not in the healing context at all in fact you might he's probably considered a redneck you know builder very traditional person doesn't really do any of this but um but when we met we just kind of like felt very at ease with each other and just kind of clicked. So we, we've stayed friends. So the spontaneous conversation happens between us and uh, turns out that both of our, we, we're, we're both um, coming out of marriages and both of our mother-in-laws, uh, a woman that has been my, like a woman that has been my mother-in-law for nearly 25 years. And his mother-in-law that he had for many years, they both, Um, died of turbo cancer very recently, matter of fact, within weeks of each other, which is quite phenomenal. But then we started talking about the stories of of how we were relating into this. So he told his story, and I told my story. And when we got done telling our stories, I was pissed, and he was pissed. And I was like, wow, we just totally like... We just got each other in touch with how angry we are, (laughs) you know? And he's like, yeah, I didn't mean to do that. And I'm like, well, it's there. That's why we're having this conversation. So, so very normal human. He was able to get me in touch with the anger that I had about these pieces. So I took this home and I'm sitting with it and I'm in meditation and I'm like, why am I so, why is this anger just so consuming? And I just go, started going deeper, deeper into it. Now, the normal human frame-up, you know, we would be like this. It's because that person did that, and they did this, and that, 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 right? And, of course, the telling of the story might have been like this, but as soon as we... Sh- shift it around and take it inside of ourselves, I was able to get to a place inside, well, one where I was able to really have my anger and I, and I, and I was able to find the archetype, the archetypal level that this anger existed on. And what I mean by that is that everybody is embodying an energy that's a much bigger energy than that individual, right? So all these different scenarios, there's multiple people that trigger that kind of anger, not just one, but it was of course the one that, that is the most recent one that <laughs> I was able to trigger it. So I was able to get to a very deep, deep, deep place inside of myself where um, I was angry, but it was me against me. It was a part of me that was angry, like ragefully angry at me for a an event that happened. And in this case, it had, uh, had to do with the um, uh, separating from a, a sacred, from, well, from my divine, my divine counterpart, like this. And uh, in in that moment, I got activated. So much energy started releasing and moving through my body that everything started vibrating. And I started seeing all these timelines, multiple timelines, universes, realities on how this rage anger was playing itself out. So it wasn't just a human level. It was all these other levels as well. And of course, those of you that know me, I took that into a forgiveness practice. And in that forgiveness practice, I was able to see the depth of which the depth, the damage that this anger, this vengefulness and anger had. It was like a landscape of destruction. And I was able to get into a place of, of, um, of forgiveness and alchemy with that and therefore my DNA dance shifted, totally shifted things that I was attached to. I'm not attached to anymore. Things that um, were occupying my thoughts were, you know, no longer there. Um, and I realized that when I woke up the next morning, cause I, I am real active in dream time. And I pay a lot of attention to the feeling that I wake up with. And the feeling I woke up with was the song, let it be you know that song let it be let it be let it be oh let it be (laughs) take these words of wisdom let it be (laughs) and i just felt so much peace and so much um ease inside and then I, i i realized i was very quickly integrating the shift that happened so that's an example of me having. A process triggered by somebody who is existing in a different nesting doll in their awareness than I am. You know, this this chiropractor, he really, really helped me. He was able to, even though he was in a more restricted, uh, you know, DNA dance because of those those other things that he's engaged with, he was still able to pinpoint on exactly what it is I needed to pay attention to. So no matter where you are on your path, no no matter where you are in your awakening journey, these experiences can be brought into something that helps you. And it's you that is the deciding factor on what helps you. Okay, If you commit to yourself that every interaction, every being on your path that comes in, is there to show you something of great value, something that you wouldn't be able to get to on your own, and you commit to that as a path, then quite literally everything and everybody becomes your teacher in some way. Everything and everybody touches on something that you are going to treasure and find valuable and use that to liberate yourself. You decide that. Other people don't decide that you decide that you do that with your, with your humbleness, with your curiosity, with your will. Okay. Your will to focus and go within your commitment to yourself and your path and your growth. Those are very human factors that are the same across the board. And those are the kinds of things that liberate you. Those are all, capacities that serve you in your liberation. So, um, yeah, it's very, very interesting. What's going on these days, these pieces are coming in on a collective level, which means there's a lot of people getting exposed to it at once. And there's a lot of people getting uh, confronted with things that challenge their reality. As people like you and I, this is partially why we're way showers, why our capacity as new paradigm visionaries is so crucial for the collective is that there's a resonance. We hold the resonance within our DNA dance and that is a field that field because there's other people that are similar in their frequency, especially here, right, holds a bigger field of resonance. So when people that maybe are not on this path on a spiritual level or, you know what I mean, on an awakening journey mindfully, they, on a subconscious level, resonate with those fields that we're resonating in. And they can come free like that by having a crisis, a moment of crisis of faith. Like say, someone who doesn't believe in aliens at all. Now they're watching all these, all these um, testimonies of yeah, there's aliens. Matter of fact, there's been aliens for a long time. <laughs> you know, um, the work of Dr. Greer he brings it into um, the modern terms, as in the nineteenth, uh, twentieth uh, century to the twenty first century. But then there's those of us who've worked with indigenous teachings, which that takes the ET interaction way back, many thousands and thousands and thousands of years ago. And uh, and this is all very very important for our journey as a species in our awakening. Nothing is nothing is for naught. All of it has a purpose. All of it has a role that's crucial. Now let me get into the DNA dance. So, all right, I'm going to talk about something even more more controversial <laughs> than what what this was. Okay, and that is this idea that there is a global agenda to pump humanity with a certain serum in the form of a jibbity jab to shut down their DNA and create a, a a race that is majority NPCs. Now, NPC's non-player character is a video game term, but this is actually a really great term because this, this describes what I'm talking about here. Uh, this idea that the DNA dance can get shut down enough where a person is no longer, they are they've crossed that threshold where there's not enough quantum of their divine essence within them getting expressed. And in that they become an NPC. You guys know what I mean. Um, and there's this story that a certain that there is a global, certain global agenda via this serum that is meant to do this. And this theory goes on even further to connect it into technology, um, 5G fields and stuff like that. And it's a technology that as soon as they flick the switch all this stuff that was in the serum is going to activate inside the human and it's going to quite literally create so much interference that the DNA is going to shut down to the point where all of those who have a lot of that within them become NPCs. Please let me know if you know what story I'm talking about. Please let me know what you you think about this. Now, the people that have told me this story are highly triggered by this story. Highly triggered, highly triggered. (laughs) Which is why they're telling me, because they, they really are like, well, wait a minute, you know, honestly, people love to tell me stories and ask questions, because they can tell when they're telling me something, they can tell if I'm phased or not, you know, and, and it's in that I'm, and they also are curious, because it's not that I don't believe them. That's not why I'm not phased. I'm not phased, because I see a much bigger, different perspective. It's like, yeah, that could be going on. That's a nesting doll in reality that's unfolding. Yeah, that can be going on, but what people don't know is that you know, this this thing that I'm talking about, commitment and will, you know, the strength of how we be is once it reaches a critical mass, is an incorruptible aspect to who we are. So we quite literally have the ability to alchemize, seriously, alchemize the this technology to transform it, transmute it into something else. Now, yes, there are a lot of people who are what the the term is called asleep. And maybe they don't have that level of quantum. Maybe they don't have that level of will to, to do that. But there are a lot that do. And we are told stories to bring us into this place of hopelessness. Because remember, it's not about right or wrong. It's not about it being real or not. It's about how it affects how we be. So the story gets put out. It triggers hopelessness. Unless we really process and alchemize that hopelessness, that's taking our frequency down several notches. So now we're preoccupied with this idea. We're preoccupied with the narrative. What if it's true? Okay. For me, it doesn't matter if it's true or not. It doesn't matter if it's true or not and it shouldn't matter for you. It doesn't need, I shouldn't say it like that. I don't mean it like that. It doesn't mean that it needs to be true or not for you either, okay? Because what you do in your daily basis, how you spend your time, if you are spending your time in a kind of lifestyle slash self-care where you are feeding your soul, you are feeding your bliss, you are feeding yourself, you are enhancing your awareness you are focused on things that liberate liberate you inside and shift your DNA dance, you've reached that critical mass. Okay, if you I mean this is a practice, right? You've reached that critical mass. So if that were a narrative that is true, it's not going to impact you. It's not going to impact you the same way because your will, your focus is stronger than that. You have the capacity with how you be how you choose to perceive and create relationship with changes your body chemistry and therefore it changes your susceptibility to those kinds of technologies okay and how in the world do i know this right christina you're nuts right i'm going to tell you how i know this so many years ago i was living in colorado and um, i was leaving a friend's house. oh no, no no you were out to dinner yeah, yeah, yeah. I left a friend's house, but um, I went out to dinner with my um, with my husband at the time, and we walked out, and there were harp clouds. I mean, so clear. These harp clouds were. It was like a blanket of ripples, and the sun was setting, and everything was bright orange and bright pink. Okay, it was like this really, really amazing, spectacular sunset. The colors were off the hook but these clouds, they kept getting my attention. It was like, I, I glanced at them and I'm like, huh, that's weird. And then I think about something else, but they kept getting my attention. And actually I, I made a video back about this. If you go way back in the videos on our YouTube channel, I talk about how to cloud bust and how to deal with black goo in the chemtrails. So I am looking at this cloud, at these clouds, and I'm realizing there's black goo in these clouds. Okay, you guys familiar with black goo? Um, now that's a, that's a narrative that was released to the public, to the collective way back when X-Files was a thing in the nineties. And that, that, that is, they um, it's like a blank slate and you uh, there's an intention that gets put into it. And the narrative that was released to the collective was, was malicious intention, get put into it. So it had this connotation of black goo is bad, okay. But really black goo is neutral. And what I learned by cloud busting, cloud busting that cloud and coming in contact with the black goo, I I had to, I I was put in this place where I had to alchemize it or it was going to take me over. And what happened was as soon as I touched the black goo with my awareness, I was instantly overcome with terror. I mean, like terror, right? And uh, and my awareness, it's like I had I had enough threshold of my awareness to recognize that as an interdimensional program that was infiltrating the you know the different nesting bells in my field. And it took some time, but I successfully alchemized it. And not only did I cloud bust the clouds where the clouds dissipated, but also the black goo. All of it alchemized and dissipated. And and what I realized, as I digested, and integrated that experience was that black goo was neutral and it's programmable. We can program it as multidimensional beings. We can program it with our focus and our will. We can program it. So I quite literally requalified that black goo to be in harmony with the elemental realms. It, now it's in harmony and now it is, um, in right relationship with the natural world. I did that with my focus and my will. Okay, you guys can do this too focus and will. But we have to remember that reality is not what we think it is. The things that we think are absolute and unchangeable are not true. There's so much more available to us than what we've been told. And we, you know, the more work that we do inside of ourselves, the stronger we become, the more, I wanna say, formidable we become in our focus in our will in our love our our compassion our ability to alchemize right we become an extremely formidable force at that point and we can transmute and transform all of these things if enough of us get together we can transmute and transform the war that's going on right all this endless war that the united states is propagating right we can do this and we are doing this and you know we can also as a collective clean up the waters. And there's many people that I groups that I know are getting together to do that. In fact, I was in a um, a ceremony, not that long ago here, and I was instantly taken into the, the, the dangerous water situation that's happening here. So, um, just a short story about what uh, the Yucatan Peninsula is. It's a giant prehistoric coral reef okay, the entire Yucatan Peninsula, which is why there are so many Mayan and other ancient um, uh, magical sites here. Now, not all the pyramids here are Mayan. Now, I've gone, I've seen um, at least a dozen uh, sacred sites so far. Some of them, absolutely Mayan. Chichen Itza, that feels like Mayan. But you go to other places like Aksmal and, um, oh shoot, I can't remember the name of the other one, not Mayan. <laughs> Right. The writing is very different. The the construct is very different. Still celestial, still extraterrestrial in a lot of ways, but it's it's just it's a different feels like a completely different culture. But what I'm saying, the reason why all of these magical interdimensional sites are built here is because this entire peninsula is on water. It's a coral reef that has brackish water from the Caribbean Sea completely you know, under, underground. It's a massive aquifer, hundreds of miles, right? And what the infrastructure of Tulum has done, and I don't know if other other structures, other cities are doing this, but they're allowing uh, hotels and resorts and apartment complexes and stuff build with a sewage system that just flushes all the sewage into the underground water into the coral reef um, and you know the waters under the ground here and what's starting to happen because of that it's starting to seep to the surface so every so often when especially when i'm in town actually there's places around here too i get it there's this awful awful stench that comes about and i've only experienced this kind of stench a few times. Well, definitely when I'm dumping the black tanks in my RV, right? You know, you'll get it in contact with that stench. But the first time I've ever experienced it was in Panama City in Panama, Central America. And that was because they also had a sewer system that was not adequate and a lot of it overflowed into the bay. So if the wind was blowing a certain way, you know, there's this really terrible stench that would that would take over the city. Now, Panama City is a much bigger city, so you can imagine the volume, right? So, um, so I'm, so I'm walking these different places and I'm experiencing the stench and I'm just like, oh my, I saw instantly what was going on. It's starting to seep up to the surface. And, um, so I'm in the ceremony and, uh, and it was with mama cacao and, uh, a voice alchemy, um, experience. And I just, started connecting with the different spirits. And there were some of them were mestizo spirits, like in the lineage, but there are mestizos, you know, they're European and indigenous. And, and then these other beings that were not human started to show up. And I instantly got connected into the sacred waters. And At that point, my instincts were just taking over and I started going into the waters that are in the coral reef under the ground and just started alchemizing, alchemizing, alchemizing. Oh my gosh, I'm so emotional talking about this because there was a moment in which I came in contact with other beings, they're probably human here, that were doing the same thing. And we were alchemizing the waters together. And actually this is inspiring um, a thought that I was having today of gathering a bunch of people together to specifically mm-hmm. acclimatize the waters that are underneath the ground here, um, because the situation is only going to get worse. This is the fastest growing city in Mexico, and they're they're building like crazy here. And what used to be just acres and acres and acres and acres of jungle is no longer, they're all apartments now. So, and there's a lot more people here. It's really extraordinary what's going on here. I mean, for the good and for and for the unpleasant, you know. But anyway, um, <clears throat> so. As we get together in groups and do this, we can quite literally retake our reality from this matrix of suffering from this matrix of distortion and inversions. So our true so we can have a society, a tribe that is holding these nesting dolls, these fields in such a way where we can truly live our true nature. We can be expressions of our true nature without having to constantly be in this alchemizing process. We can be free. But it takes a collective to do that. It's much bigger than just one person. It needs to be a collective of people. And actually that ties into something that this chiropractor told me. He's like, no, you can't do it by yourself. He's like, you need to let go of the thought that you're on your own on this, you know? And, and I knew he was right. I knew so knew he was right when he was saying that. So, um, Yeah, the more we get together and do this, the more we reclaim our reality. And this is why I do the Dreamtime Healing Project. We are dreaming as a collective in that group. Yes, we have things informing our lenses, giving us different stories, triggering different thoughts and emotions inside. But once we alchemize that, it becomes straight transmissions from source. Transmissions, light coats from source, reinforming the waters of our body, reinforming our light body. So now we are integrating with a whole nother level of who we are. and this this radically exponentially accelerates our intuitive perceptions and abilities when we do things like this, especially as a group. You see what I mean? All right. Dear sister behind my eyes and storylines. Hello, darling. Um, doesn't have to have an influence. Doesn't have to have an influential impact when you're living in your nature. Um, I'm not sure if I know, understand what you mean by that. Wait a minute. That's the medicine you taught me and it resonates to my core. Thank you, dear starshine. Oh, 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 right. Yeah. Focus on your lane, right? Focus on your lane and what's true and real for you and just the the nature of the ripple effect that you don't have to purposely try to impact people. Right, right, right. That's true. Absolutely. Your very being, darling, is a gift to us all. Your very being. Yes. I feel that. So um, Beverly says, is alchemizing land the same as grid work or different? Um, So that's a that's a great question, Beverly. And it's both. It's so there's different nesting dolls to our reality. And there is, you know, because of that, there's different layers. Now, the cosmic is within within the Earth. So the so we see that as dragon lines, stuff like this so and you can choose to dive in when you're doing grid work you can choose to dive in at any part any layer of these nesting dolls a lot of people when they're doing grid work oh consciously they usually dive in and some of the, the 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 inner nesting dolls that have a lot of distortions and mayhem with them you know like like um hijacked stargates or or hijacked um ley lines or your uh, starshine was doing a thing in dc right that that's like Um, that's, you know, that's one of the, the, the heavy distorted nesting dolls they dive into, and then they alchemize it from there, but you can come in from a much, uh, broader cosmic level and bring it in this way. It all depends on where you're drawn to go and what level you have the encodements to work at. Doing this in groups is awesome because you're working with many people encoded in different ways where you can impact. You can impact all these nesting dolls all at once. A lot of times, it's like a, a, when we track, it's like a ladder. You start off with the distortion, and then you find the rabbit hole that takes you to the next. That that you know that that distortion is an inversion or. Um, Reversal of, and that takes you to the next nest, nesting doll, and then there's a rabbit hole within that that takes you to the next nesting doll. And there's a rabbit hole within that that takes you to another nesting doll, and then once you get the the larger landscape, then you can start bringing in the transmissions, the the um, the uh, the undistorted more from the quantum levels, cosmic levels, and 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 correct those distortions and those grids. Become upgraded to a different octave where they're no longer at a distorted level. There's definitely that sort of thing that happens. Wait a minute, there was a thought in there that was really important. I wanted to come back to. All right, I know I'm, I know I'm out of time. I'm going over, it, but I want to, I want to touch this thought because it was, it was um, pretty significant. It had to do with. All right, so there's the dragon lines. There's the hijacked elementals. Wait a minute, it wasn't in that direction. Oh, it was it it was important. That's why I'm What was that piece It had to do with Ooh, there's a big resistance to it because now I now it's like a wall All right encodements had to do with our encodements and how we work together um Oh, there we go. Okay, so what we need to remember is that these 3D pieces, like when you have a sacred site that's hijacked by a by a uh, cannon. Um, so there was a sacred site in um, Kansas. Actually, it was a uh, it was actually a piece of ant people technology. That has scalar waves and and other sorts of um, layers of interdimensional interaction that's about to come online, but it's on top of that mound, which is an, an energy device is a massive cannon. So what that is showing us is that somewhere within the nesting dolls that create that 3D reality of the mound and the cannon is reflecting in the in the unseen realm something's been hijacked, something has been distorted within there, and that's you know also talked about within like what's going on in D.C. There's all these monuments that are showing the hijacking of our of the collective conscious. So when um, W. Bush became president the um, son of Bush senior, he put a war memorial over the reflective pool in, this, in, in the um, in the park there in Washington, DC. And from his presidency on, our country has been at war. I mean, we've been in an endless war for, you know, since 2001, ever, ever since 9-11, right? So, so these 3D representations, these 3D manifestations are showing us that somewhere in those nesting dolls, there's been there's a hijacking going on. So that's why you can go into the energy of what that monument is holding and track it back to the unseen part, the unseen realm, and start alchemizing from there. Now, that's all very powerful ceremonial magic, that very powerful ceremonial black magic that is bringing that all forward. So. Uh, you definitely need a powerful group of heavily encoded starshines to um, engage with that level. And of course, you know, we chip away at it, we chip away at it, chip away at it. Um, grid work has been going on for many, many decades. It's just now it's so digested that our, you know, starseeds, we can be much more aware that that's what we're doing that, and much more purposeful and in, in engaging in those sorts of things. Okay, I hope I answered your question. Thank you so much, guys. It's amazing how fast this time goes. I really want to talk about dream time more. I guess this isn't the time or else, you know, I would be able to flow right into it. But I want to uh, invite everybody here. You know, you have the capacity to reclaim your ability to dream this world into being. It is a responsibility as a star seed, as a star shine, as an empowered a multidimensional human it's our responsibility to participate in reclaiming our our purpose our ability to dream this world into being so if um if this is really resonant for you and maybe you don't know where to start i encourage you guys to check out the Dreamtime healing project at light body academy lightbodyacademy.com and uh, you can start working with a group of people who are doing exactly that. We are we are alchemizing. We're doing very powerful dream work, and we deal with the distortions. We deal with the blocks, and we deal with the transmissions. Sometimes we clear enough of the blocks where the entire group can. Integrate and receive the transmissions. Sometimes the, um, you know, those things that are magnetizing us to certain things in our lenses are really super heavy. In which case, it turns more into a alchemizing healing process. It really depends on the dreamers in the group at the time and where we are as a collective. So I encourage you guys. You know, if you want to join us on this adventure, check out the Dreamtime Healing Project at Light Body Academy. It's really an amazing, amazing, I love our community. We have an amazing community of people doing this. So with that, I bid you farewell, darlings. Love to you all. I hope you guys make it a great week, and I'll see you next time. Bye-bye.